Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, fans, and welcome into the Tuesday, March the 5th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's part two of the two-part Combine recap series. Yesterday was all about the offense. Today's show is about the strength of this draft class as we're talking about the interior linemen, the edge rushers, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, and the safeties, plus confirmed team visits and updates on Trey Flowers, Andre Branch, and Josh. Josh Rosen, plus we'll cover the bases on prototypes for a Brian Flores defense and finish up with a short list for the 13th pick in the draft and trade down options. All of that and a whole lot more on a busy, busy Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. But first, real quick, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the written version of the show with a little bit more detail in depth up on LOD.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and the Draft Dudes Podcast for all your draft needs leading up to April's draft. We have a busy show. Let's get right into it. That's another Miami Dolphins. Before we get on the defense train here, some quarterback news really quickly. It was reported on Sunday that Nick Foles is going to do what everybody expected him to do and sign with John Filippo over in Jacksonville with the Jaguars, taking one of the teams off the quarterback carousel in Jacksonville. And this compounds a report late on Sunday from Omar Kelly, who says that Josh Rosen is likely to head to Washington via a trade there once the Cardinals take Kyler Murray first overall. Omar of the South Florida Sun Sentinel also says that Miami are not interested in pursuing Josh Rosen at this time. So it sounds more and more like the Dolphins might miss out on the boat on this mediocre quarterback class. Like I talked about on yesterday's podcast, how the 2020 class seems a little bit more prominent in the Dolphins crosshairs and how Jake Fromm could be the guy they ultimately decide is the best fit and the guy most likely to be on the board wherever they pick in the draft. But the quarterback news starting to heat up. We're going to have a lot of that type of stuff coming up for you guys on the show over the next couple of weeks as we unpack all the stuff around the league. Let's go ahead and jump in here to some defensive news and the combine news. First, Andre Branch, it was reported on Saturday by Ian Rappaport, will be cut by the Miami Dolphins. In other news, water is wet, so we can go ahead and move on from that one. Andre Branch played two years for $14 bucks, basically after a four game stretch in 2016 where he had two and a half sacks and played the best ball of his career he parlays a bust season or a bust tenure in Jacksonville into a three-year contract away from Mike Tannenbaum he sees two of those years he sees 14 million dollars of that deal in total also in the news I reported on yesterday's podcast from Tony Pauline that Trey Flowers or the Dolphins were favorites rather to sign Trey Flowers in the free agency period But I received a quote from a person plugged into the New England Patriots who said, quote, he would be shocked if he, Brian Flores, 
overpays Trey Flowers as Flores himself recognizes that Flowers benefits from the scheme in New England, something I would never have really predicted as far as Flowers' production. I think he's one of the better players at that position in the league, but this guy's connected to the Patriots and Brian Flores, so it's certainly interesting, and it kind of corroborates the questioning I had regarding the Dolphins spending big on that position when, in this scheme, it's really more about gap integrity, lane integrity, and creating pass rush through the scheme, not the individual prowess. We talked about how the Patriots got rid of Chandler Jones for that very reason, not wanting to pay him big money, did the same thing with Willie McGinnis and Richard Seymour back in the day, and so that same model comes down to Miami if the Dolphins decide to pass on Trey Flowers. And while we're on the Patriots, I think it's important to know what type of players we're going to be looking for in the player acquisition period of the offseason. And since the Patriots prototype will largely be imported down to Miami with Flores, let's go ahead and look at this Patriots 2018 roster and some of their measurements and how guys in the draft might stack up to those measurements. And we start on the edge with the defensive ends. And this is a really widespread group of players. Adrian Claiborne is the heaviest at 280 pounds. And he runs that 4.83 40-yard dash. And then you have Derek Rivers down at 250. And Rivers ran a 4.61 40-yard dash. Most of these guys fall in the 7 to 7.33 cone range. They all have arm lengths right around 33, 34 inches. And their broad jumps and vertical jumps are all mostly impressive. That's kind of the thing we're looking for on the defensive line of the Patriots. Explosive traits from the jumping standpoint. Quicker than fast with good shuttle times and three cone times, but low 40 yard dash times and all basically coming in right around 250 to 260 to 270 in that 20 pound range within one another. On the interior defensive line, it goes from 300 to Adam Butler, all the way up to 345 to Danny Shelton. Lawrence Guy is 315. Malcolm Brown is 320. Again, all these guys, not the best 40 times, all north of 5.5 seconds flat, except for Lawrence Guy, who comes in at 4.96. But once again, the three cone times aren't the best here, but these guys don't really do a lot of lateral movement. Their arm length, again, falls in that 33 to 32 inch range, and the broad jumps and vertical jumps are impressive for their position groups. You guys can find the entire details on this up on the piece on LockedOnDolphins.com. The Patriots only rostered one inside linebacker last year that finished the year healthy. They had Jawan Bentley. I did not find his numbers. I did, however, find Elandon Roberts' numbers, who comes in at 238 with a 4.6 40-yard dash. And that's right around in line, actually a bit better than the average 40-yard dash for linebackers in today's NFL. I think that falls right at 4.67. So the Dolphins want to be fast in that area. And McMillan and Baker certainly do come in right around that range. Baker, a lot faster than that, but McMillan in that range. He ran a 7.233 cone. Again, 36-inch vert, 120-inch broad jump. That's a big deal for these guys across the board, really, on all positions. At outside linebacker, again, the same story. Not a lot of impressive 40-yard dash times. 4.68 for Dante Hightower. 4.71 for Kyle Van Noy. They go 260 and 250, respectively. Dante Hightower is a guy that's almost impossible to replicate. Kind of a unicorn with his big size and ability to rush the passer. That's the guy the Dolphins are going to have to try to find someone that can fill that role in this defense because a lot of those guys really just don't exist out there in the universe. Brandon King is the misnomer here, 220 pounds and a 4.5 40-yard dash. Albert McClellan, on the other hand, a 4.8. 
40-yard dash. So pretty well spread there as well. On the cornerback position, most of these guys right around 200 pounds at corner. They all run in the 4-4s. Four you got 4-4-6, 4-4-0, 4-4-6, 4, four, six, four, four, zero, four, four, six, four three, three. So all these guys have a lot of speed. Great three-cone times, sub-seven three-cone times. You have guys like Jason McCourty who ran a 6.67. Stephon Gilmore ran a 6.61. And they all come in that arm range of about 31 to 32 inches as well. And again, the vertical and the broad jumps are all there for these guys. At safety, Devin McCourty, 195 pounds, 4.48 40-yard dash, 6.73 cone, 32-inch arms, 36-inch vertical, 126-inch broad jump. That's basically Minka Fitzpatrick right there, except for he's a little bit faster than McCourty. So I feel really good about that. Patrick Chung is a guy that they might not really have as far as what his play does, but he does measure pretty close to Rashad Jones at 215 with a 4540. Impressive verticals and broad jumps there again. Deron Harmon, a little bit lighter at 205. He's the guy that plays that center field position, and this three cone at 7.02 is great for a safety in this group. A 4.540 yard dash, not that great, but again, the vert and the broad all there. So verticals and broad jumps, the 40s that really aren't that important to this team, quick three cone times, and usually a little bit beefier than most other teams as far as weight goes. So we can kind of apply that to what the Dolphins roster looks like, and we'll get to that next here and dive into the combine and take a look at some of the players that Miami will have their eye on come April that worked out on the field on Sunday and Monday on the defensive line, at linebacker, and in the secondary. We'll get to that next here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. thought this song was pretty appropriate talking about defensive linemen in this absolutely loaded draft class that for my money this we might not ever see a defensive line group this talented with this much top level premier level blue chip talent in the draft in our lifetimes really because these guys tested so well the tape is so good and Daniel Jeremiah said this on the broadcast on Sunday that he if the Patriots at pick 32, if every team in front of the Patriots took a defensive player, were not allowed to take offensive players, the Patriots would still get a good defensive player with the 32nd pick in the NFL draft. So absolutely loaded across the board. I want to run over some of the names that really, from a physical standpoint, from a build standpoint, and a testing time standpoint, make sense for the Dolphins at certain positions. We're going to start here with the defensive edge position. These guys could be five techniques, seven techniques, or even on ball outside linebackers. We start with Montez Sweat, who stole the show with his 4.42 40-yard dash, but it didn't stop there. 35 and three-quarter inch arms, 36-inch vert, 125 broad, and a seven-flat three-cone. I think he probably worked his way above the Dolphins' pick at 13 into the top 10, and that goes along with a great all-star performance at the Senior Bowl and great tape all year long in the SEC. So Montez Sweat, probably out of the Dolphins' range, but he stole the show. Another Senior Bowl standout was TCU's Ben Bonagu, and he was an outside linebacker transfer, or I should say convert for the Dolphins' defense, and he could stand up out there and play that position, 250 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms, that 40 inch vert and 134 broad jump. He can get out in space and cover the flats, cover the hook zone, rush the edge. He's a good looking prospect there out of TCU. Rashawn Gary, another guy probably not going to make it to 13, but he tested out 
of the ceiling again in Indianapolis. Not going to go over his numbers. They were very impressive though. But his teammate Chase Winovich had a monster day in his own right because this guy is a master of the push and pull technique, which really is stacking and shedding. And he's all gas all the time. They were concerned about his athleticism, which on tape still is not good. But his testing numbers were phenomenal. A seven flat three cone, 30 and a half inch vert, 116 inch broad, and a 1.57 10 yard split. Those guys are looking for about 1.7. So he blew that off the doors and 260 pounds. He could be a day two plug and play starter at base five, five technique defensive end for the Miami Dolphins. Another guy that fits that exact same mold is Boston College's Zach Allen, who won every award you can imagine, including a scholastic award for his grades at Boston College. He's a team leader, highly intelligent, 281 pounds, 34 and a quarter inch arms, 32 inch vert and 112 inch broad jump. So he checks off all those boxes the Dolphins will look for under Brian Flores. And if they can't find Trey Flowers, like we talked about in the opening segment, Charles Amenahu out of Texas, is a comparable player from a measurement standpoint. He went 275 pounds with a ridiculous 36-inch arms, three feet long arms on both sides of that guy's impressive body. Eastern Michigan's Max Crosby. I watched one of his games this year because I'm a gambling degenerate and watched them play Purdue, but I thought he showed out big in that game and he showed out big at the combine as well. 255 pounds, 33-inch arms, a 36-inch vert, and a 122-inch broad jump, and a ripping quick 6.893 cone drill. So he was fantastic on Sunday. Going to the inside interior defensive line, these are guys that play three technique, the four-eye, the two-eye, which are shaded inside the tackle and inside the guard, the two technique right over the guard, and the nose tackle at zero technique right over the center. We can take Quinton Williams off this list entirely. He's going top three, maybe top four at worst. Christian Wilkins is a guy that you're going to hear a lot about over the next coming month and a half or so. He will be in the Dolphins' range most likely, and he comes ready-made at 24 years old. A bit of a concern, but he's probably already in his prime. He is a phenomenal interior pass rusher. He's a team leader, a highly intelligent guy, a great communicator, and a fantastic teammate. I think he's going to be very much in play for that 13th pick. We'll discuss more about that here in just a second. UCF's Tristan Hill made a huge jump on Sunday. He started every game for UCF back in the undefeated 2017 season and then just won after the coaching change this last year, but he had big-time measurables. His explosion in the on-field drills was so impressive, so fluid, so quick. A 10-yard split was phenomenal. His 35-inch vert, his 115-inch broad jump, 34-inch arms, he is squarely on the Dolphins' radar for those interior positions. Notre Dame's Jerry Tillery, I think, is there as well, but there's some questions about the fact that he's a Renaissance man and has other interests, which to me is total bullshit, but that's where we are here. He had four sacks against Stanford, if you want to see what he can do at his best. LJ Collier from TCU fits that prototype inside, 283, 30-inch vert, 118-inch broad, and 34-inch arms. He's a two-gapper in his own right, defensive end slash D-tackle technique there. Ohio State Draymond Jones, same vein, 281, 34-inch arms. He has the heavy hands that Patrick Graham wants on this defensive line. Kalen Sanders out of Western Illinois didn't test very well after a huge week in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, but I think he could fall back around because of that. The Dolphins could pick up some interior depth for Kalen Sanders there. Daniel Wise out of Kansas. He's Dietrich Wise's brother. He'd be a fit in the scheme also. And then on the bad side of things, Florida's Ja'Kai Polite left the combine early and was accused of faking an injury by scouts and executives after he had some curious comments at the press availability on Friday or Saturday afternoon, rather, when he said this whole process was basically a bunch of bullshit and he didn't need to be doing it. So he fell big time. Linebackers here really quickly. The two Devons, Bush and White, they blew it out the window. Hit, run, and cover. That's the new 
new-age linebacker. And that's where the Dolphins check in here with Bobby Okariki. He came in at 240 pounds out of Stanford, a 4.58 40-yard dash, 33.5-inch vert, 120-inch broad, 7.253 cone time with 34.5-inch arms. He's a former safety, a tremendous blitz and cover prospect, a sub-package linebacker probably right away in the NFL. I take a look at Bobby Okariki out of Stanford. Staying in the Pac-12, I talked about Miami's need to replicate a Dante Hightower. USC's Porter Gustin might be the closest to that mark. He comes in at 255 with a 4.71 40-yard dash, very similar, 35.5-inch vert, 119-inch broad, and he has a tremendous tape reel of blitzes over and over again. The medical is a concern with him. Staying in the back 12, Utah's Cody Barton, I thought was an impressive looking ball of clay. Just 237, but the arms, the vert, the broad jump all there. BYU's Sione Takitaki is a guy that has been linked to the Dolphins since the Shrine game, and his explosive tape showed up in the workouts. 240 pounds, 37-inch vert, 125-inch broad jump. Notre Dame's Drew Tranquil had the big uh, three-cone time, 6.94 seconds on his three-cone and a 4.5740. He goes 234, and he jumped 37 and a half inches as well. And then New Mexico State's Terrell Hanks, a guy that I've been talking about a lot, he ran 4.98. I thought he was going to come in around 4.55, and he just totally wrecked his stock on Sunday at the Combine. So those are your defensive line and linebacker prospects. Next here on the podcast, we're going to get to the secondary and talk about the corners and safeties and what is probably the most slept on need for this Dolphins team heading in to 2019. We'll do that next and talk about trade down scenarios and who's on the short list for picks at number 13, confirmed Combine visits, all of that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. We're going to talk about a safety later on in this podcast that kind of coincides with We Will Rock You by Queen, the legendary rock band, and of course, legendary Freddie Mercury, who has been an inspiration on this podcast the last couple of weeks. But first, we start with the cornerbacks, and this is kind of a transition period in the NFL, if you will. And they talked about it on the broadcast for the NFL Network's combine coverage, how a lot of these guys no longer get into backpedals. There's not a lot of press man going on in college. It's a lot of bell technique where you come up to the line of scrimmage and get out quickly, try to prevent the deep ball and play with your ass to the sideline, which is more of a shuffle step technique, which prevents the big plays and keeps things in front of the cornerbacks. And you go back to 2016 when the Dolphins completely remade their secondary with the Byron Maxwell trade, with the drafting of Xavier Howard and the two-year projects so to speak, of Tony Lippett at cornerback. All guys that went over six feet tall. Obviously, only one of those players worked out for the Dolphins and turned into an all-pro in his own right. But the entire league is kind of trending in that direction. And the time speed of a lot of these guys really was not that impressive. But we go forward and talk about the cornerbacks that might fit the mold in Miami with the Dolphins under new head coach Brian Flores. We talked about it in the earlier segment, how the cornerbacks on the Patriots roster last year, the highest 40 time was 4.46. So they still value speed in a way that other teams might not anymore. And the way that Xavier Howard ran a 4.51... And yeah, you might say Howard test at that time, but he plays a lot faster. And that's obviously the case for several players in the NFL. Most players, I would say, typically play different than they test, but it gives you a general baseline idea 
of what these guys can do. And we start there with my number one cornerback in the draft, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. He has that confidence, that swagger, that physicality, and the technique to go man up with any receiver you put across him. His long speed isn't great, but he did hit a 4.48 at the end of his run, his second run, I should say, at the combine. Wasn't a great tester across the board, but nobody's going to match his feistiness and his competitiveness. I think he's in play for the 13th pick. Also in that group is Greedy Williams out of LSU. Everybody knows about him. He has the same confidence and swagger and big-time playmaking ability, but I still think that the fact that he kind of shies away from contact on tape now and then will put a red flag on him from a Dolphins perspective as they tend to like guys, at least going by the Patriot model, that want to hit and want to tackle. Now, Rocky Asim out of Temple, he is a guy that will do that for you. A two-time state champion wrestler. I love wrestlers in the NFL. It speaks to their work ethic their commitment, their conditioning, and just a level of athleticism and certain movement skills you can't get in other sports. But he also has the fact that he was a single-digit number at Temple after transferring from Presbyterian, and that's voted on by the team, the players on the team at Temple, and it means you're one of the nine toughest guys on the roster. He goes six foot 190, but plays much larger, and like DeAndre Baker, his 4.5340 time is more than good enough. You guys remember back in, I think it was 2010, when Des Bryant was asked about his mom being a prostitute by none other than Jeff Ireland of the Dolphins? Well, we have another winner for odd question of the year. It goes to Texas's Chris Boyd, the cornerback that was asked if he still had both of his testicles. I don't get the point of that. I guess you want to make the guy kind of think something different or, or how he thinks under pressure or under adversity or just trying to shock him and get him to have a reaction. Whatever, I suppose, but he still ran a 4.4540. He's 5'11, 205, and had a 6.943 cone and a 4.08 short shuttle. Two stats that Belichick has always really valued in New England. Again, we assume that Brian Flores feels the same way. Houston's Isaiah Johnson was a massive, massive hit in this combine. Six foot two, 208, a 4440, 33 inch arms, 36 and a half inch vert, 133 inch broad, and 6.813 cone, 4.06 short shuttle. He made himself some money on Sunday, and so, or on Monday rather, and so did David Long out of Michigan, who I think is going to be right in the Dolphins' wheelhouse, maybe on day two somewhere. Maybe day three, but I doubt it. They said that he is very, very highly advanced on the whiteboard and recognizing route concepts that develop in front of him, which is such a big part of playing cornerback in today's NFL. And his metrics matched as well. 5'11", 196, ran a 4'47", jumped 120 and 39 and a half in the broad and vert. And he clocked a sub four shuttle, 3.97 and a ridiculous 6.453 cone. I think he might've won the day of all the cornerbacks. Central Michigan has a guy named Sean Bunting, who is a pure press cover corner out on that boundary. Six foot, 195, 31 and a quarter inch arms, a 41 and a half inch vert, and 126 inch broad. Auburn's Jameel Dean had the best 40 at 4.3. He's 6'2", 205. That's crazy to think about. And Michael Jackson out of Miami, the U, he made a case to stay in Miami. I think he's a scheme fit here as well. Six foot one, 200 pounds, and he ran a 4.4 640. Let's go ahead and talk about safeties 
real quick as we are getting short on time. The Dolphins are going to have to find a new batch of safeties over the next couple of years because Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald are just not long-term solutions right now for this football team. Juan Thornhill of Virginia is did everything that you could ask on Monday. 4.4340, 44-inch vert, and a 141-inch broad. Ridiculous. He probably just worked himself out of position for Miami at pick 48. But Jonathan Abram, I talked about him a lot, and he fits the we will rock you mentality because that guy comes in like a goddamn race car, and he's so accurate in his measure points or his target points when he launches himself, and he makes some big-time collisions. Six foot tall, 211 pounds, 4540, 33-and-a-half-inch vert, 117-inch broad, seven-second three cone and a 4.2 short shuttle not great testing numbers but watch this tape you'll have a lot of fun doing that Delaware's Nasir Adderley did not work out but I think he's right in the Dolphins range in that 20 to 50 range Miami's Sheldrick Redwine another good day for him as well USC's Marvell Tell did have a nice day himself and so did Rutgers Saquon Hampton who I think is one of the best ball hawking safeties in this draft let's go over the Dolphins confirmed player meetings they had at the Combine Shrine Game or Senior Bowl Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State, Nick Bosa out of Ohio State, Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida, Zach Allen, Boston College, Jalen Jelks, Oregon, Jordan Brailford, Oklahoma State, LJ Collier, TCU, Charles Amenahu out of Texas. On the inside, the tackles, Quinnen Williams, Alabama, Ed Oliver, Houston, Dexter Lawrence, Clemson, Armand Watts, Arkansas, the linebackers, Sione Takitaki, BYU, Joe Deneen, Kansas, Ben Bonogu, TCU, and cornerbacks, Greedy Williams out of LSU, Byron Murphy out of Washington, Blaise Brown out of Troy. He ran terrible on Monday, by the way. He was fighting an injury, though. And the safeties, only Tyree Canill out of Michigan. I think that list is going to get longer, but that's all I have for you guys right now. And two more quick notes to finish this podcast. I do apologize to those of you guys looking forward to the defensive back portion of this. If you want to find out more information, check out the article on LockedOnDolphins.com, the 2019 scouting combine through a Dolphins lens on the defensive side of the football. The Dolphins are definitely going to have to add some more DBs simply to fill out their dime and quarter packages, which they run a whole heck of a lot and a lot more than Matt Burke ever did, which was basically nil in his time in Miami. But to me, these are your two options after the Kyler Murray train and all the quarterback stuff is out the window. Stay at 13 and draft one of these guys. I put Montez Sweat on there, but I think he'll be gone. I put Ed Oliver on there. He's kind of iffy right there on that spot. Defensive end Cleland Furl from Clemson. He did not work out, but he's in that mix. Defensive tackle Christian Wilkins also out of Clemson was scouted and recruited by Marion Hobby, who is now the Dolphins defensive line coach, cornerback Greedy Williams, and safety out of Mississippi State, Jonathan Abram. I think he is in play for that pick at number 13, though the Dolphins could trade back and take him maybe a little bit later. We will see what happens, but I do think Abram is a top 20 player in this draft. You could trade back and take cornerback DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, the center out of North Carolina State, Garrett Bradbury, defensive tackle out of Clemson also, Dexter Lawrence, the safety out of Washington, Taylor Rapp, safety out of Florida, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and safety out of Delaware, Nasir Adderley. And just real quick, my last note on the podcast, there's a tweet from Omar Kelly of the South Florida Sun Sentinel that says the Dolphins are not interested in Josh Rosen. So hopefully that's the case because as you guys know, I'm not a fan of Rosen's game. 
And speaking of that quarterback position, I figured that the Dolphins haven't drafted but two quarterbacks in the last 40 years. And if this draft plays out the way I believe it's going to, we're probably going to be heavily invested into the 2019 college football season. We'll call it the year of the quarterback for the Dolphins. And with that, I've decided I'm going to launch a series probably starting sometime this summer. And we'll do some videos up until that point, looking at these quarterbacks, what they've done already, taking a look at their games in 2019 week by week, and really breaking down this class and giving you guys the best and first look at all these quarterbacks the Dolphins will have to decide on in the 2020 draft and right now you guys know my dude is Jake Fromm I'm going to put some videos up on Twitter of him very shortly so check out my timeline at Wingfield NFL But as for this podcast, that is going to be my time. If you guys have a smart speaker or you have Bluetooth capability in your car, just say play Locked On Dolphins podcast and pull up my show every day on your way to work, on your way to the gym, whatever it is. Use that smart speaker technology to play Locked On Dolphins podcast. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. We are-